Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources. We're going to stay with the conversation, talking about what's happening at the border and our immigration system that is clearly broken, but I believe can be fixed in an afternoon if the members of Congress and both political parties would just decide to make it so. Uh, It is not that complicated. And everybody agrees on the vast majority of where we are and what needs to be done next. Uh, Before we jump into that conversation, we do just want to uh, pass along, if you're just joining us, former Defense uh, Secretary Donald Rumsfeld has passed away today at the age of 88. Of course, he oversaw the invasion of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan during the George W. Bush administration. Uh, He was, uh, as I mentioned, Secretary of Defense Uh, for six years under George W. Bush. Uh, But his role in Washington uh, stretched all the way back into the 60s and uh, all the way forward uh, to today. A very imposing figure, probably, I would say, probably the most consequential uh, Pentagon leader that we've had uh, in at least half a decade. Uh, Excuse me, a half a century, not a half a decade. Uh, But really had some significant influence there and... uh, We'll continue to break that down, his influence, his role, uh, as we uh, note his passing uh, today, again, at the age of 88, former Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld. So back to the border we go. And as uh, was mentioned, there was a a meeting today, a roundtable discussion uh, that included Governor Greg Abbott and uh, many law enforcement leaders down there in Texas. Uh, Also on hand for that uh, was former President Donald Trump uh, weighing in. Current Vice President Kamala Harris was down at the border last week. Members of Congress have been down at the border over the last 10 days. And uh, a lot of chatter going on, uh, but there are some real simple things I think we need to get to. So let me start this segment with something that Governor Greg Abbott said on the problems that he feels the federal government is ignoring. We're doing all that we can for one reason, and that's because the way that the people along the border are having their lives turned upside down. I cannot tell you the number of stories that I've heard from people who have had guns put to their heads or guns brandished uh, at them uh, in their ranches, in their homes, in their neighborhoods. They're afraid to have their children go play in their yards. Uh, The the ranchers uh, have their homes invaded, uh, their fences ripped up, uh, their livestock lost, uh, their game lost. Uh, It is a far more dangerous situation than it's ever been. The people of Texas have been pleading for us to be able to step up and help restore safety and security in their lives. And that is exactly 
why Texas is stepping up and doing a job that is truly the federal government's job, but a job that the Biden administration is completely failing us on. Again, that was Governor Greg Abbott. And to me, the interesting thing there is he was using a lot of the same conversations that uh, were lobbied by governors and mayors of towns along the border uh, during the last several administrations. Again, regardless of who was in the Oval Office or who was in power in Washington, uh, so often our state and local governments and law enforcement in particular are left to to deal with the fallout of a failed federal government approach to immigration and border security. Uh, to that point, let's go now to Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McCraw. Uh, he, he focused today on the cartels that are using the porous border for nefarious purposes. Now, the Mexican cartels, because the porous border and they exploit it, they, they apply all the elements of military, military force, including command and control, logistics, intelligence, uh, information operations, and the application of deadly force to support their criminal operations. They also recruit our kids and kids in Mexico to support their operations on both sides of the border. And they have formed partnerships with the most vicious gangs in Texas and across the country. Whether it's, it's le- local, regional, or transnational gangs, it clearly is a certain threat and, and to our problem. In fact, if you have a drug problem anywhere in the country, you have a border problem. If it's cocaine, methamphetamine, uh, fentanyl, and heroin, the Mexican cartels own it, plain and simple. And they work with the gangs in those communities, and they're responsible for a number of level of violence in those communities as well as a result of that. These are gangs on both sides of the border. Of course, uh, atrocious that kids are being used in this whole process. I want to go just a little deeper on that. Tarrant County, Texas Sheriff uh, Bill Weyburn on the problems that they see in Fort Worth. Now, remember, Fort Worth is hundreds of miles away from the border, uh, but the spillover of a lack of control and a lack of enforcement at the border uh, is hitting even places hundreds of miles away like Fort Worth. The intelligence that the, that I have is that it has flooded our area and even low-level dealers are now having large quantities of fentanyl and not only do they use it in the pill press which makes it look like a safe drug to the young people they think it's something safe as uh, is that they're also lacing it with heroin and methamphetamines. And what we're experiencing in Tarrant County, way beyond the border, we're a hub. We know that we're a hub where uh, we have cartel agents embedded up there that we're trying to locate and arrest and prosecute. And we're doing a pretty good job of that in some cases. But we know that, that as it comes into the county is that it does have an effect. And we're seeing a 50% increase in deadly overdoses this year. In fact, in the first quarter of uh, 21, it was three times the amount it was last year with fentanyl overdoses. And, uh, you know, to that end, the the group of people that it's hitting is the 16 to 24-year-old group because, again, it appears to be a safe drug. They think it's a pharmaceutical drug because of these pill presses that they're using. Again, you can just see the problems that come because the border is porous, because the the cartels and the gangs are able to see that as a way in. And again, it's not just the border towns. It's penetrating deep. And then, of course, it's spreading all across the country, uh, especially things like fentanyl that we know is is so deadly. So I want to bring a full circle here. Uh, Governor Abbott uh, closed out 
with a little bit of political criticism uh, with the current administration focusing just on the Northern Triangle of South America, as that's where we need to focus if we're going to solve the border crisis uh, and why that won't work. Because you hear Vice President Harris uh, talk about uh, going down to the Northern Triangle as if uh, solving the problem in those three countries is going to solve the problem with regard to the border. She is misleading America because the fact of the matter is there are people coming into the United States across our border from more than 150 countries across the entire globe. So if people are coming across the border from 150 different countries uh, around the world, but they find the southern border the easiest place to to gain access, to gain entry into the country, uh, that's a big part of the problem. And the thing I I want us to really bring full circle and what I think we all need to challenge ourselves on is why are we still having this conversation? We have been having this conversation in this country for decades and decades. And it doesn't matter who's in the White House or who controls Congress. Uh, This continues to be a problem. And so that should put our spidey sense on high alert. And we all should be asking, well, why is it? If, if everybody agrees this is a problem, and again, whether you're listening to Vice President Harris or whether you're listening to former President Donald Trump or you're listening to current Governor uh, Scott Abbott, they're, they're all basically saying the same thing. Is, and we all just can't shrug our shoulders and point fingers and place blame and say, I inherited this problem or it was worse before or it's, you know, we'll make it better. There's more to it. And it's really simple. I still firmly passionately believe this could be solved in an afternoon if not because we don't have the skill it's whether we have the political will to do it and do what's right for the country we're gonna step aside for top of the hour news when we come back will the experts and elites lead us not so fast there's a better way stay with us on ksl news radio a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm gonna die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.